Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and we bring it to the streets. Got my co-host with me, Pastor Michael Teddy. Give us a shout out, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. I'll get Michael on uh, for a second, give you his email. We are continuing our study in the epistle to James. It's probably the earliest epistle written in the New Testament, arguably. Um, more like a, uh, a New Testament Proverbs. But we are on a hot topic, I think, speaking about there should not be many teachers. We're continuing from last week. Uh, honored to do this. Uh, again, Ashuk is been having some technical difficulties. We hope to get him on uh, next time. So we continue our study in James. And I'm going to get back in a second. I just want Pastor Michael to introduce himself, let you know how he's doing today and, and some other avenues, and continue to pray for Michael and his wife's pregnancy as they move forward. And, and uh, obviously, if you listened last week, you know that, and, and praise God, everything is looking good there. But uh, my co-host, Pastor Michael, um, good morning. Good morning. It's uh, yeah, it will be good night for me. But <laughs> good morning to all of you. It's it's great uh, to do this again. It's a delight, and I I keep thinking, you know, to be honest, I don't even know how we met, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> I know I don't it, either. It somewhere through, <laughs> I know it is somehow through Ashok, and uh, but it's been a blessing how God has uh, just brought us together to be able to do these podcasts. Uh, you guys can reach me at uh, michaelteddy at gmail.com. Um, uh, you can follow our church. Our church website is redemptionhill.in. You can uh, watch all the resources, the sermons, the stuff we put out. Uh, and if ever you're in India, we pray that you would visit us and we'd love to have you with us. But it's a joy to do this. Do not many of you become teachers, my brothers, knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. So that's the passage we've been dealing with, or greater condemnation. So we were talking about that last week, about aspiring to be a pastor, a teaching elder, being called to be a teaching elder. So there's got to be some type of, and then we were talking about this uh, off air uh, before we got on, there's got to be some, I believe, because it's biblical, when Paul got called to ministry, he didn't just get called and he went started preaching in the pulpit like the next day. There was a time that God had set him apart. I think he was three years in Arabia, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that's in somebody's life when they are aspired or called to be a teaching elder or a pastor, I think there is that separate time. Now, for me, I believe my calling came when I was in prison. When I got saved in prison, obviously, there's a. I had a lot of time on my hands. It's prison. In prison, you can use your time to do a lot of things that are, you know, there's a lot of time on your hands, but you could be gambling. You can be just laying around. You could be exercising all day. 
um, whatever. But when I believe when I got saved in prison and God was shaping me for ministry, I had five years left. And in that five years was my time where I started reading a lot, later on reading commentaries, you know, praying, looking at scripture. So I, I believe that was my training ground because obviously when you come home into the world, you don't have, because sometimes I'd have five, six, seven hours a day where I'd be reading scripture. You don't have that time when you're out here, you know what I mean? But so I think that for Paul, it was that three years away. And I want to be careful not putting myself on the par with Paul because, I mean, that's ridiculous. But for me, it was prison and and that time alone for that five years before I got out and then being in, in a church for a year and then the church licensing me to the ministry, watching me. So, Pastor Michael, for you, I know you had a similar experience, but in a different context. But there was a time that God kind of set you apart preparing you. Am I correct? Yeah. And they, they were painful times, um, of course, in a different context. So when I graduated from college, um, I did not land a job uh, when all most of my friends did. And I ended up having to wait close to two and a half, three years before I landed a job. And for that period of time, I was able to dedicate a lot of my time to the church I was able to spend a lot of time devouring Christian resources. So as you can imagine, in our context, um, and this was a time way before I was reformed, right? And and it's through the period I actually do become reformed. Um, we don't have a lot of good Christian resources, um, nothing. So the only thing I could depend upon was YouTube, because there I could listen to the preaching of Paul Washer. And uh, we were talking the other day, you know, um, so I would listen. So I, I was the kind of Christian that would listen to Paul Washer in the morning, Benny Hinn in the afternoon. And uh, oh, then, uh, <laughs> you talk about two sides of the spectrum, right? I know. <laughs> so that's where I was, as you can imagine. Uh, but uh, I gravitated towards Paul Washer's preaching. And in one of his sermons, he mentioned a man named John Piper. And so I went looking for John Piper. And I was telling the guys here, I think that in one year, I would have listened to more than 250 sermons of John Piper. I would have listened to so many of their sermons, resources, devouring these material. And while I was doing all of that, I, I did not necessarily have plans to pastor a church or anything like that. Uh, at the moment, but they were very formative years. So when uh, the call to the ministry became quite evident in my life, the people around me were able to recognize to a reasonable degree, all right, Mike's kind of being prepared for this. We can see that happen. We can see the way he um, has grown in his knowledge of the word, his seriousness about the faith, the way his life is ordered uh, and uh, the way he's trying to live uh, and plug into the church. So people around me were able to come alongside and say, okay, we see this happening. Um, in my own story, actually, they could see it more than me. So I was the skeptic. Uh, but there were people around me saying, no, 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 this, is, this looks like very much what God's doing in your life. You know, there's a book. I just pulled it off my shelf. I don't know, Michael, uh, Pastor Michael, you ever read this? 
This you no, can not see, written. Uh, yeah, have you Angel's heard it? Calling, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard this, of it, yeah. Yeah, this book is by Paul David Tripp. Uh, the name of the book is Dangerous Calling, Confronting the Unique Challenges of Pastoral Ministry. It's an interesting book, and it's a... It, it basically is a warning book. It's basically the same warning that you get here. Do not many of you become teachers, my brothers, knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. And I think yeah. if we're thinking about this, and I don't know if we'll get past this because this is really a loaded, uh, hopefully we can we can help some people. Now, I, I don't think we're not discouraging people to to go into ministry or teaching ministry but we are challenging people because the scriptures are challenging you want to make sure that there is a gift of study yeah and so here's something pastor michael i want to then tell me if this happened in your life because i i don't i want to be careful here there are some things in ministry that god will like obviously give you a gift of study there's other things in ministry that you're going to actually learn to, let me say this right, I'm trying to think of the words, like dealing with people. You right. and, and you may, those are things that you may have to learn over time. There are some right. things that God is going to shape you while he's calling you. You're not going to be, a, you're not going into ministry as a perfect pastor, you, I don't think we'll ever become a perfect pastor, but you are going into ministry where God has given you a gift, but I think there still is a learning process, how to deal with people, how to deal with fellow elders, how to deal with deacons. I think those things are only, let me use this, I think they come, they're like on-the-job training. Does that make sense, Pastor Michael? Because yeah. there's no way that you you can know how to deal with fellow elders or deacons until you actually get in the game, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, I think it is very important for us to recognize the difference between having a good foundation and uh, walking around with the whole building on our shoulders. Uh, we, When we say we need to go in with a good knowledge of the word, a good understanding of, of the whole counsel of God's word, uh, with faithfulness that is uh, evidenced and approved by people around you that, you know, God's calling you into the ministry. All of those things are uh, foundational, but God is going to teach us so many things on the job. Uh, no parent knows everything about parenting before they have children. Yeah. It's just an absurdity. You You learn it on the ground. But the point is, do you have the foundation to survive the learning? you have the foundation to sustain so uh, one of the experiences i've had is um, so i've had for the last seven years to preach most of the sundays of the year uh, by most i mean over 90 percent of the sundays i've had to preach and there are weeks where you just don't want to preach there are weeks where um Things happen that you feel so burdened and heavy laden and, and you wonder why God's not giving you a break um, and, and you learn on the job. Um, so when and, you know, and, and, and there's no easy way. Out. So now from my own experience, here I am trying to pastor a church. I'm working in a company as a software engineer and God gives me a one year old baby. And 
you know that's that's a lot of things that could go wrong in a week and um, you learn how to manage it you learn how to maintain the relationships you learn how to care for your wife you how to apologize when you are not sensitive and caring for her uh when you're distracted by too much work you learn how to take care of your children uh you learn how to um get down and do all of that build up maintain train and none of these things even seminaries will teach you again seminaries are an academic training um but the idea is that you would have the theology and the sufficient doctrine in place so that when the storm comes you know which psalm to turn to you know where to run to you know what to cleave to you know who your god is and like david we might start with tears but end the psalm with a doxology of praise because we know who god is you know you may you make a point you made a great point in that colloquy that you were saying you can go to seminary but if somebody comes and knocks on your door in your pastoral study and tells you that I really feel like my life is not worth it I'm even thinking about committing suicide I mean you could seminary does not train you for that yeah. and or if somebody comes in that you were just talking about that uh, in our last episode about your um new child on the way that in the beginning of the examination could have had down syndrome and obviously you and your wife obviously said we don't it don't matter whatever we're going to love that child but what about if somebody knocks on the door husband and wife and says you know i know what the bible says and i i know that i i want to love my child but we just can't afford to have a child with down syndrome we don't know i mean those are things you and i'm only using that by by way of uh, i mean you don't learn those things in seminary pastor michael i mean those things you have to learn on the job you know what i learned right. and i want to i want to pass this to you um you know what i learned over the years have you done a lot of funerals you you have a much younger congregation have you done a lot of funerals pastor michael no no i haven't i okay. haven't done any funerals okay so you will so i'm a, but one right. of the things you will i you probably done it's it's better to do more weddings i guess well if they believe his funerals are, are like uh, celebrations but one of the things i've learned pastor michael when you go when you're with a grieving spouse right the last thing you go even if their husband is a christian and they are a christian the last thing you tell them is well you know your husband's in a better place they know that you don't that that stuff is clichéous sometimes what i've learned over the years in consoling in doing a funeral and consoling say a spouse you just grieve with them you don't have right. to say anything say, to them yeah. you don't have to just grieve with them they they know where their husbands at that's it. you know um, does does that make any sense pastor michael it it does I, and i've got another story for you so I when, figured when that. we were, <laughs> when we um so as a young church you know we've had several people families have come at come and attended and gone back and you know um so we we knew a family um Uh, close to us uh, fond of them 
And so they came and visited us once or twice. And then I got, we got a call from them. Uh, their daughter, who was, uh, I think, in the 10th grade, had suddenly passed away. And uh, it was a devastating news. It, it was sudden. So she had dengue fever and uh, she recovered from it, but then started showing signs of having a, a repeat infection. They took her back. I think that's saying a rough version of that story, but but she she soon died. And so we didn't know what to do. We know the family and we're a young church and they've come and so some of us just packed up with my mom and my mom's close to the girl's mom, the girl who passed away, her mom. And so we went there to visit them and spend some time. Then it's just like what you said. We went there and we just don't know what to say. We're not trained in this. We don't, you know, we don't know what is appropriate to say. And so we decided we're not going to say anything. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so we went there and I met the mom and I sat next to her bed. I held her hand and I just, she was crying. And so I also just started crying. And to my amazement, so what happened was she looked at me and she said, you know something, Mike, when my daughter was in the hospital, people started coming and telling me again and again that I just need to have enough faith and she will live. Oh. I just need to have enough faith and she will live. And I mustered all the faith that I have and I prayed and yet God took my daughter. And so my heart is beating. I don't know what's coming next, you know, and I'm just crying there and looking at her. And she said, but this is what I realized, Mike, from this whole journey. I realized that the Lord can give, the Lord can take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. He has a purpose in this. I know it. And so God does not owe me anything. I owe him everything for the years he's given me with my daughter. I am thankful. We've got a bunch of us from the church standing there and all of us exploded into tears and the mother had to comfort us. Right. And um, so it, early on, we learned that there were going to be so many such situations where we're just going to have to depend on God and be wise about how we approach these circumstances. You know, something I, I, I want to use, uh, I, I use this and I, uh, Rachel knows I use this. It's a sporting analogy that God, God's amazing. And, and this is what you're saying. I'm going to use my analogy and you can use it if you want. I give you permission, Pastor Michael, <laughs> but I believe God gives us the day of the game grace for when you need it just for that time. Because if you start thinking about, well, what about if something happens? You know, maybe your child goes off to college or maybe he's in the military or whatever. And you start thinking about, what about if this happens? I think it, and I think it's scriptural because I remember when Jesus told the apostles, he says, don't think about before what's going to happen. But when, if you do get persecuted or go in front of the magistrates, I will give you right. what to say or how to say it. Well, I believe it's the same thing because Pastor Michael, Pastor Michael being a young pastor, a sound theologian, 
What I have found in going to bedsides where people were dying, these people were ministering to me and they were dying because God gave them that that grace at the end of their life and say they're ready. And I'm saying to myself, man, I mean, I don't know if I'd be like that because you don't think about it then because you have life and you're doing this. But I think God, we're still speaking about pastoral ministry. This is the stuff that you don't see. It's good talking about exegesis and all that, but this is the stuff they don't teach you in seminary. This is the stuff that God... This is stuff that God's got to bring you along. So when you're sitting by a bedside and that person tells you, I'm ready to go home to be with my Lord and Savior, you're saying to yourself, wow. Does that make any right. sense, Pastor Michael? It it does. As preachers of the word, when we preach about providence, God is going to make sure that we know what that means. Amen. God's going, yeah, I'll get, I'll tell you the, the providence. Another the story? story of this. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the providence in the story of uh, this little girl who passed away. Her older brother is one of the pastoral internships in my program right now. He's a member of our church. He's he's and he became a member of our church recently. Now this is the brother uh, of the the deceased girl who passed away. Yeah. Oh wow! How old was the the girl, Michael? Ten, you said. No, she was in the tenth grade. Oh, tenth grade. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was in the tenth grade. Young girl, young her, lady. Very young. Her her older brother. He's now working. Uh, uh, he's a lovely guy. He's a part of our church. Uh, part of the pastoral internship program. And it's just amazing what God's doing in their lives today and how we continue to see the fruit. And so what God is doing is God's taking a weak preacher like me who has to handle the text of God's word and God's showing me before my eyes and leading me through valleys and leading me through difficult situations so that I will see that I can do nothing apart from him that I need him always and he will show his providence. We teach people that they need to suffer well and God's going to make us suffer well. So the the whole point, I think, of Paul's statement here is, like you said, it's not a discouragement from becoming teachers, but it is uh, a clear acknowledgement of what it means to become teachers. If you're going to become teachers, you better be ready for greater and stricter judgment. God will train you for this ministry. And it will not be the kind of training you get in seminaries, but it will be the training, the discipline, the anointing upon your head, the discipline of the Lord. It is good, it is righteous, but a lot of that you learn through the journey and you feel it's it's amazing how God humbles you, teaches you, trains you, equips you. Um, and, and a lot of young guys don't, don't expect any of this going into ministry. They see only the glamour. They see they see only those, you know, highlight preaching points. Um, and, and they desire the pulpit. But the life is very hard of a pastor. You know, we have about two minutes and, you know, and we didn't even discuss, we might, (laughs) we we won't do it now, Pastor Michael, but another thing that we will not have time to discuss, in fact, uh, um, we got to close in about about a minute and a half, is 
is sometimes you're going to deal with some, I don't know if I want to use this term, unruly congregants. You're going to deal oh, with, yeah. you know, you're going to deal with church discipline. You're going to deal with congregants yeah. who are going to maybe put you down or don't like the We've way you preach. Some of that, yeah. I mean, and all that is part of, you can't learn that in seminary. I mean, yeah, seminary, yeah. I think, is important for theological training. I loved my seminary uh, days, but seminary don't equip you for, like I says, dealing with a, a couple that comes in and they're discussing right. about, uh, you know, our child has got Down syndrome and what, what to do. So, again, here's what we got to do, Pastor Michael, because Ashuka will hopefully join us next time. Let's right. let's continue this topic before we get into the tongue, because we do, I think it's good to, if we got Ashuk on, Ashuk being more of a congregant, maybe can help as we can play into this a little bit, because we really didn't talk about, you know, how stressful it can be being a pastor, dealing with, not only dealing with your own sin, then dealing with the sins of others, right? Um, So anyway, this is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, with my co-host, Pastor Michael Teddy. There's never enough time for us. But anyway, <laughs> this is Street Talk Theology. We bring theology to the streets. And we will continue this in our next show. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.